0: All right. Well, it's not a bad morning. It's a good morning. That's why we say good morning. All right. Um, Have you had a great week? Who had a terrible week this week? Who had an amazing week this week? Wonderful. Who won a million pounds this week? Hopefully you tithed as well. Amen. We would notice. (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to continue our teaching that we have been doing. Today is the penultimate week of this series. Next week, I conclude it. Um, um, We have been teaching on healing. And really, in a way, I am kind of relaying foundations concerning healing um, that, as a church, in the years past, we have taught before. Um, But uh, we are kind of relaying these foundations. Because a lot of you are new, quite new, relatively new to our church and you wouldn't know what we have been teaching. But some of these things are really things that those who have gone to Bible school should be aware of. And those who um, have been in our church for over 15 years should know. How many of you have been here for over 15 years? Can I see? Which is very few of you. Yeah, so therefore... That's why it may seem new. But anyway, Father, we want to thank you for your word. We ask that your Holy Spirit will continue to speak into our hearts, transform our lives in Jesus' name, amen. Today, I want to talk about developing your healing ministry, developing your healing ministry, building on what we've already taught. So let's look at Mark chapter 16, verses 15 to 20. Mark 16, verses 15 to 20. And he said to them, So then after the Lord had spoken to them, verse 19, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. So last week we talked about the fact that every believer has a healing anointing. And that there are different levels of healing anointing that has been given to the church. So every believer, if you're born again, from these verses that we've read, if you are a believer, there are certain supernatural signs that are supposed to follow you. Now, the reality is that there are many believers, quote and unquote, who do not have signs following them. Rather, they chase after signs. And one of the things that we want to teach is that you as a believer will have signs following you instead of you following signs. Amen. So ask your neighbor, are you a believer? Ask them, are you a believer? And then ask them, where are your signs? (laughs) So this type of Christianity was common in the first century church. And in fact, you find in many places in the earth today, many churches that have this kind of truth, a lot of the believers operate on a level of the supernatural that is described here. And we also learned that because our Lord Jesus has not changed, his healing ministry continues today. And that is why we as a church can operate in the healing ministry our Lord said just for some background for those of you who this is the first time you're hearing this our Lord said in John 20 21 as the father sent me so I also send you so as disciples of Christ just like the father sent him in Acts 10 38 he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power and he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil because God was with Him. so also as believers as his church God anoints us with the Holy Spirit and with power. Now again, let me say this. There are many believers who are familiar to a certain degree with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But they are not familiar with the anointing of power. And there is a difference between being anointed with the Holy Spirit and being anointed with the power of the Spirit. You find this with our Lord. When when he was baptized in water, the Spirit of God comes upon him descends on him, and then the Spirit leads him or drives him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And then after he comes out of the wilderness, after fasting for 40 days and nights, he goes in the power of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit, and begins to do signs and wonders. And the reality is that every believer must not only experience the anointing of the Holy Spirit, but must learn to walk in the power of the Spirit as they also overcome certain temptations that come their way. Beloved, if you are a serious child of God, you are going to face temptations. You are going to face trials that are engineered by the Holy Spirit. Are you still here? He says, the Spirit led him into the wilderness, or in the Greek, drove him, expelled him, cast him out into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And before we operate in a greater dimension of power, we have to know how to subject our flesh. All right, so that is some background. So let's talk about this reality, developing the healing ministry that God has given to all of us. Because all of us have a level of healing anointing, all of us. If you are a believer, you have a level of healing anointing. Now the reality that you may not be seeing it does not negate the truth. You have a level of healing anointing. If you are a born-again believer where God has transformed you by the Holy Spirit and you know you are a child of God, I'm not saying you read the Bible and go to church. No, that's not what makes you a believer. It is having an encounter with God, a supernatural encounter that every born-again believer must have. He said, it is those who are led by the Spirit. They are the sons of God. It is those whose lives are governed by the Spirit of God who demonstrate that they are sons of God. So every child of God has the Spirit of God in them. Because he says if anyone has not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So every child of God who's giving their life to Christ has the Spirit of God in them. And by virtue of that, they are believers. And by virtue of that, certain signs should follow them. So let's talk about how you develop that healing anointing. That healing anointing and healing ministry that is given to you. And by the way, these guidelines that I've given, they, they are really, they are, I'm going to give you, they are really can be applied to um, any area of the supernatural. In my book, Supernatural Anointing, Actually, a lot of these things I kind of picked out of it. And so I encourage you to read the chapter on developing supernatural ministry. Okay, so the first point, just wish through these and then I'll focus on some. If you want to develop your healing ministry or healing anointing, the first thing is you must be available to minister. You must make yourself available. If we don't make ourselves available to God, he cannot use us. He says they went out everywhere and preached. And the Lord confirmed the word that they preached with the accompanying signs. Secondly, if you want to operate in a, and develop a healing ministry or any supernatural ministry, you must be given to prayer. You must be given to prayer. Now, I'm going to mention some things. I'm going to miss out some um, um, on purpose, um, but I'm going to show you these are the variables that if you operate in, even if you're not living right, if you operate in these kind of variables, and I say this carefully, even if you're not living right, you will have, A healing anointing that will operate through you. This is one of the reasons why, by the way, you find that there are, on on the last day, the Lord said, many will say, Lord, Lord, didn't we cast out demons in your name? Prophesy in your name, and in your name do many wonderful works. And he will say to them, depart from me, I never knew you. Lawless ones, why? Because to operate in the anointing does not mean that God validates your life. So there are certain things that I'm going to miss out deliberately, not because you don't need them, because you do. You say like what? Like holiness and purity. It's vital for anybody who wants to have a healthy ministry before the Lord. But you can have an anointing and not walk in holiness. And that is, I mean, if you don't believe me, look at the anointed cherub that covers. His name is Satan. He is still anointed, but his anointing is wicked. It's been perverted. The Bible says the, the wisdom, his wisdom was corrupted. So you can have an anointing that is corrupted. That's the point I just want to make. So first and foremost, availability to minister. Secondly, you're giving to prayer. Giving to prayer. Thirdly, periodic seasons of fasting. Very, very important. Periodic seasons of fasting. Number four, feeding on the word of God. Feeding on the word of God. Number five, studying about divine healing. Now, this is an, also an important point. Studying about divine healing. Number six, submission to authority. And seven, serving a fivefold minister. Now, these variables are key if you want to operate in some kind of supernatural anointing, specifically in healing, because we're dealing with healing. But in any kind of anointing, if you want to operate in them, then these variables are key. So let's look at the first one, availability to minister. I guess for me, this is the first and foremost dynamic for anyone wanting to be used in any kind of ministry by God. You are willing to give yourself to him for him to use you as a vessel of honor, availability. I have seen many people who are very gifted but they are not available. And because they are not available, their anointing, remains dormant in them and then there are others of us who we have little anointing but we make ourselves available I'll never forget in 86 the Spirit of God spoke to me through somebody else if I spoke to me and he said it like this I have given you little strength I have given you little strength and his requirement was that I am I should be faithful with the little strength he's given to me now to be honest with you I wasn't very impressed that he gave me little strength. Let's be real. I mean, come on, why, why little? I want big strength. Amen. Because some of my friends, when I, some of my friends, even in those days, if they stretch their hands out on someone, they just fall under the power. Me, I have to kind of help them. You know? Because I stretch, I say, come out, you devil. And they just look at me. My friends, some of my friends, they just do this, and then they're knocked out. Nah. I even fast longer than some of them. They just do that, and then come out, and then Boom. Gives you little strength. But you see, if you make that little strength available, God will cause you to over, overtake and become stronger than all those who might have more than you. Isaiah 6 verse 8. He says, also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. Say to the Lord, here am I, send me. Hit your chest or your stomach or whatever. Just just say, here am I, send me. Yeah, tell him, here am I, send me. You see, some of you are not doing it. You see, you're just looking at me. But the Lord asks the question, who shall I send? And who will go for us? You know what we um, charismatics do? Lord, here am I, send her. Here am I, send him. Yeah, that's what we do. Like when we pray, oh God, bring a revival. Bring a revival. Bring a supernatural revival. Let healing take place. Let signs and wonders follow in Jesus' name through Pastor Joe. But beloved, he's waiting for you. With all your issues, he's waiting for you. Yeah. and If you are waiting till you have it all together, beloved, you will never make yourself available. Yeah. As it was in Isaiah's day, so it is today. The Spirit of God is still asking the question, whom shall I send and who will go for us? If you want to move in any kind of anointing, and specifically in healing, you have to be willing to make mistakes. You have to be willing to pray for people and they don't get healed. Yeah. If you just want in perfect situations, every time you pray, the devils come out. Every time you pray, healings take place. The leg grows. Today, when I was praying, actually, I saw a hand grow as I was praying. So I'm believing God. Hallelujah, I saw I a saw hand grow in Jesus' name as I was praying, hallelujah, in my office today. In my office today, it happened, as I was praying. It hasn't actually physically happened, but it happened in prayer. So praise God, it's a start. But I'm telling you this because you don't wait till you have it all together. Yeah, and, and let's hit another myth. Those of us that wait until we feel ready we feel ready. Beloved, many times I don't feel ready. Look at your neighbor and say, He's talking to you. The key is whether God is speaking to you to make yourself available. Not whether you feel ready. Because there will be times you will feel ready and you're not supposed to go. Huh. And there will be other times, in fact, not other, most of the time, you don't feel ready. One day when I teach you on how to do the actual ministry, we'll touch on some of the attacks. We're not dealing with it in this series, but some of the attacks that takes place when you are working for God, when you're doing the work of God. All kinds of attacks. You get, you feel, you feel, not you get, you feel depressed. You feel disillusioned. You feel like, I don't want to do this anymore. You feel like it's the same old, same old people that you're dealing with. I mean, as for the worship team, they are awesome. Every time they come to lead us on a Sunday morning, loads of empty chairs stare back at them. Now, can you imagine if they ministered out of that site alone? They would not do it after the third week. Is this how this is? Every time empty, and then at the end, and then you see the thing filling up, and then people are, oh, we want more worship. We want more what? Yeah, it's normal, it's normal. But my point is, making yourself available means you are willing to fail. Yeah, you are willing to fail. You see, let me tell you something. In the ministry and in the supernatural, you have to be willing to experience failures. Uh, At times, you will pray for people and they'll tell you it's even gone worse now. Now it's now worse. I was normal, and then you prayed. And now, now my, it was just my, my, my hair was now my whole head is hurting. Why, 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 what is all this? I didn't ask for this. I was okay. You've come, and now look, my leg, I, I couldn't move it now. I can't even move both legs. Now look, what is happening? I'm telling you, you're looking at me, I'm telling you, it happens. Yeah. Well, man of God who moves in tremendous healing ministry, I've told you several times, the first three people we prayed for who had serious sickness, they all died. Died. Prayed, they died. After his prayer, they died. Boom. Died. It doesn't get any worse than that. In Jesus' name, be healed. He <laughs> was like, Lord, what's going on? But he's seen blindy, He's seen crippled. He's seen AIDS healed. Supernaturally. All kinds. But when he started, it wasn't like that. Hallelujah. God is looking for you to make yourself available. Second Chronicles 16:9 says this The eyes of the Lord runs to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him God is looking at your heart Is it available Is it saying yes In spite of your issues is it saying yes Lord I know I am not all there but I am available Secondly, if you want to develop in the healing anointing, your healing anointing, and by the way, I am talking about what you already possess. Say, 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 I have a healing anointing. Yeah, because you see, many believers live in this realm. I will have, no, you have already. You have it already. We live in the realm of, I will one day have a healing anointing. I'm not talking about what you will have, no. I'm talking about what you already have as a child of God. We're talking about the basic level, the believer's anointing of healing. That's what we're dealing with. We're not dealing with fivefold anointing, your high calling anointing, the crippled blind eye anointing. We're not dealing with that. We're dealing with lay hands on the sick, they recover anointing. Amen. Amen. Say to your neighbor, he's talking to you. The importance of prayer. Prayer is crucial. Colossians 4 2. Continue earnestly in prayer. Being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. One version says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Another version says, give yourselves to prayer at all times, keeping watch with praise. Another version says, be persevering in your prayers and be thankful as you stay awake to pray. (laughs) Yeah, how many of you have been staying awake to pray when you have wanted to sleep as you were praying? I'm asking a question. Have you noticed that sleeping prayers are very t- juicy sleep? <laughs> Have you noticed that? The other day we were praying, you know, online, praying Kabo, Shaba, Shabo, and I found myself beginning to snooze into the prayer. And then, it was yesterday actually, and then I heard Abigail say, Pastor Joe, could you pray? In a very faint distance, I heard Abigail say, Pastor Joe, can you pray? Pastor Joe, can you pray, Pastor Joe, can you pray? And I just came out of the realm and said, Yes, I, I can pray. Hallelujah. Shabu, Shaba. <laughs> yeah. I was very tired. <laughs> Yesterday, last night was not a night I wanted to pray. It was a night I wanted to sleep. It's like that sometimes. Yeah. But you have to devote yourself to pray. Listen, a lot of the breakthroughs that I have had has been after I have tried to pray, slept. Pray, sleep, pray, sleep, and then pray. Yeah. Look, at times people, people, you know, look. If you're praying just for ten minutes, there's not a lot of room to sleep. Although sometimes you can even sneak in a few snoozes here and there. It's true. But let me tell you, devoting yourself to prayer is so important as a paradigm and as a lifestyle. It's so important. There is no shortcut. Anyone that God has used effectively has given themselves to prayer. Otherwise, they will operate out of another spirit, a witchcraft spirit. No, you you have to give yourself to prayer. Doing ministry, even preaching and teaching like we do, you have to give yourself to prayer. You know, two, three hours. Spend time in the presence of God before you come and open your mouth to people. Yeah. You know, it, you, know, it's, you know, you think you can just come with 15-minute microwave praying in Jesus' name, amen, and then come week one. By the fourth week, we will all know the man doesn't know what he's talking about. Sometimes you even think, I don't know what I'm talking about. And this after three hours praying. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. You have to give yourself to prayer. There's no shortcuts. I wish I could tell you a secret whereby you didn't need to spend two, three, four, five hours in prayer. I wish. There is no such secret. Anybody who tells you is a liar, they're lying. If you want to operate in an anointing consistently, where whenever you want to pray for the sick, barring the spirit tells you don't, you can operate, you have to give yourself to prayer. Unless the gifts of the Holy Spirit anoint you, once in a while, the Spirit will anoint you. Whether you prayed or not, it makes no difference. You just stand there, bram, people are healed. That happens. We've enjoyed that. That is really nice when it happens. People think you're really powerful and they don't know. You, you don't even know what's happening, but you just pretend. Yes, he's healing over there. Yes, it's happening over. But you actually don't know how it's happening. The other day, Nick was telling me when he was in Kenya, some person who came to the church with a what happened? Uh, the curved back, um, it wasn't him who prayed for them. It wasn't, you should have, you see, you could I got the glory. But the other guy who was preaching prayed and then the curved back person who came to the service was straightened. Amazing. Wonderful. Great. But to be honest, that's the gift of the Spirit. I bet you if another curved back person came, the guy wouldn't know what to do. It's, anyway, maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, let's move on. So you must give yourself to prayer. That's what I'm saying. Look, let me tell you something, beloved. There is a realm in God. That is very real. But if we are living this shallow Christianity, you don't see those kind of realms. There's too much shallow Christianity. People think that these things, just, it, it happens if it happens. No, you have to pay a price. Yeah. Now let's go to the third one, fasting. Say fasting. Now we are going, this church, thank God for this church. Hey, this church is a good church, amen. From tomorrow, we are fasting the whole day month. Amen. Now, yesterday I said to Aisha, yeah, thank you for that, amen. Yesterday I said to Aisha, tomorrow's a bank holiday, let's have some breakfast, let's, let's, go and buy, uh, shall I buy sausage and, go <laughs> I said, let's, your children are home, let's do it. And she said, uh, no, tomorrow is, uh, um, uh, is, um Monday is, uh, it's May, it's May, we start, the." I said, no, 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 first of May is on a Tuesday. She said, no, it's on a, I said, no, 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 it's on a Tuesday. So I said, Let, let's just check. When I saw it was a Monday, this was like, oh! <laughs> I literally didn't, I didn't put my, oh no! Because it's fast in time. And then I forgot, and then again, I was saying to myself, okay, tomorrow, I mean, this is interesting, tomorrow is bank I will get some sausage. And then, oh. <laughs> So I wanted to, I wanted to even announce the fasting starts on Tuesday so I can have to say, I can have Jim Bacon. Um, but the, the fasting starts tomorrow. And and fasting is one of those disciplines, I don't care who you are, when you start fasting, it's horrible. It's like, what is all this about? I mean, why, why are we punishing ourselves like this? This is nonsense. God has called us to liberty. Why? What's all this? The first time I fasted, it was like I was so upset. I was fasting, I was upset. I was upset at God. I was upset at myself for agreeing to do this thing. And I was hungry. And I walked up to the biscuit tin. Mm -hmm. Then I walked away. Mm -hmm. And I I lay on the floor, hungry. Got up, upset. I was just upset. In the office, they can tell when I'm fasting. They ask me, I say, "What's your problem?" What, what, what your problem before? Uh, yeah, Martin says, "When I was in the office, I always can tell when you're fasting. You're you girl snappy." I tell you, hmm, no, this ain't there for no reason. I'm telling you. Yeah, but fasting is a fantastic discipline for the power of God, and anyone who fasts periodically, systematically, concerning wanting to see the hand of God or more of God, after the fast over time, they will begin to see breakthroughs. There's two types of fast that I want to highlight on highlight briefly. One is what we call the bridegroom fast. The bridegroom fast. This is where you fast so that you can experience more of the Lord Jesus. More of the Lord Jesus. And our Lord said it like this. Can the, um, the, the, the bride fasts whilst the bridegroom is present, but the days will come when the bridegroom will not be around, and then they will fast. This kind of fast is where you fast for more of the Lord Jesus. You fast for more of the Lord Jesus, and when you are fasting for him, what happens is after a while he reveals more of himself to you. And The overflow of that is you will operate in an increased level of anointing and revelation. And then there is what we call breakthrough fasting. This is where you fast for something specific. Where you fast for something specific. And this kind of fast, when you fast, you target an area, something. And you say you want to see a breakthrough until you fast. Whether it's one day, two days, three days. You fast uh, one week, uh, 14 days, 21 days. 30 days, 40 days. After 40 days, it's best you break it. Isaiah 58 verse 6. He says, is this not the fast that I have chosen? To lose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free. And that you break every yoke. This is breakthrough fasting. Verse 9. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am the breakthrough kind of fasting is very specific so like you say i want to see a financial breakthrough and you fast you say i want more healing anointing and you fast you're facing a crisis and you fast it is what we what we do to add f- a petrol to our fuel of prayer so fasting is like petrol being added to a fire fasting to prayer is like petrol being added to a fire, it's very powerful, and over the years, we have seen how powerful. I think I shared this story some time ago. One day, we had a, we had a, a, a retreat, refresh, and um, after a the refresh, there was a, a, a younger, young believer, new believer who came, but they had some kind of mental problem, we didn't know it, and they came with us. So, after refresh, something happened. So when they went home, their parents were like, you went to that church's retreat and now something's happened and then they've been admitted. And it's, and it's like basically, what did they do in that refresh thing? By the way, refresh is very good. It's very good. But So I was worried. Now, I, I pretended like I wasn't worried, you know, because you don't stand in front of the church and say, yeah, what's happening? What happened there? You Don't do that. So I just said, no problem. So... I just told the Lord, didn't tell, I think I may have mentioned to Aish, or I may not even have mentioned to her. I fasted three days and three nights just on water, one of those moments, amen. Then I went and saw the lady in hospital, laid hands on them, prayed. Nothing seemed to happen. But after I left her, within a few days she was okay and she became normal again. But I had to do that because I knew that there was, that was a kind of spiritual attack. And for me to do three days and three nights on water, even in those days, was a big ask. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you can do better. I noticed how you didn't say anything. Some of you, it's like, no. How many of you want an an anointing to fast? Long fast. Not so that you go slimmer. Although, listen. (laughs) Listen, the other day, day, Andrew, Andrew Boba was praying, and he was praying about, Um, The fast that we're going to, he said, Lord, this is what he was praying, you know. He said, Lord, we're not doing this just to be slim. And I said to myself, hey, think for yourself. (laughs) We are doing it. We want side benefits. In Jesus' name. What do you mean? Yeah, what do you mean? You you, you can say, Look, we want side benefits. (laughs) What number are we on? Number 4 feeding on the word yeah is it 4 or 5 4 feeding on the word again if you want to increase in your or develop your healing anointing one of the keys is to feed on the word of God and we must feed on the word regularly if we wish to develop healthily in any ministry but specifically in the healing anointing being well versed with scripture is very important Psalm 119, verse 105 says, "Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word is a lamp to my feet. In other words, your word is what governs the direction of my life and a lamp to my path, the choices I make. Your feet speaks of what you do and where you go with your life, and the path speaks of the choices you take and make as you go along the way. And the Word of God is what is the slide rule, the governing instrument upon which your important decisions are made. And when it comes to ministry, let me tell you something, beloved. You must be anchored in the Word because as you are increasing and anointing and in favor, there will be choices you will be presented with that will contradict the Word and it will feel like it's the right thing to do so when you have the word as an anchor a protection now beloved every time you dishonor the word in the long run there will be a payback immediately there is a sense of gratification when you dishonor the word in your immediate context you feel like it was the right thing to do you see look at this result you see look at how this thing is happening now but in the long run there will be a price you pay. Why? Because the way of the transgressor is hard. So you must allow the word of God to be the governing instrument upon which the decisions you make for your life, for your ministry, for your anointing are based. Because God will only honor his word. It's so important we understand that. Now, when the word of God is being fed on, And you, as a child of God, you are living a life of prayer. A life anchored in prayer and in the word becomes a mighty weapon in the hand of God. In Psalm 1, verses 2 and 3, he says this His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he does meditate day and night. And he, this man, shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season his leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper now many believers want to say whatever I do prospers whatever I do prospers but their life is not anchored in the word if you want your life to be prosperous make sure your decisions are anchored in the word Amen let's move on quickly The next key variable in developing your healing anointing is studying about healing. Studying about divine healing. Now, not only must our lives be anchored in the word, but we must learn to also um, study the subject in question that we want to develop in. Now, I found this dynamic very, very effective in the early stages of my ministry. In the early stages of my ministry, I remember particularly in the healing and deliverance ministry, up until this point, I had seen a measure of grace. But I remember going on some courses that LL Ministries did on deliverance ministry. And when I would go on these courses, I found that I learned things, some of the things I knew, but some of the things I did not know. And I learned things and saw how they did things that when I came back in my context, I could operate with a lot more liberty. You see, we are empowered through learning. So if we want to grow in a certain grace, we must learn about it. And as we learn about healing, and as we learn about healing, deliverance, and all the different aspects regarding it, it's as if you are allowing somebody to mentor you, to tutor you. And so what they carry, part of it through what you learn, enters into your spirit. Acts chapter 4 verse 13 says this, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. You see, although they hadn't been formally educated, they had been Jesus educated. They had been with Jesus and he had taught them and showed them how to do certain things. And because they had been with him and learned from him, they, they were able to operate a healing anointing with a lame man that everybody knew was lame, spoke to him, rise and walk. And I tell you, some of you in this church, you will operate in that way. Amen. I see it right now as I'm talking. Amen. I see right now there are people in this church. And if, that's, if, you, if you see yourself as that, why don't you stand? That will operate like Peter and John. Where you will tell the cripple walk. I feel to release that right now. Just raise your hands. Mande abaru siki inda rama. Father, in the name of Jesus, let faith increase in the lives of these that are standing now. Lord, that as they step out in faith, the healing anointing will come upon them in such a way that just like Peter and John were able to say to the crippled man at the gate of beautiful to rise up and walk in the name of Jesus, these ones, through faith in the name of Jesus, will administrate your healing power. Let that mantle rest upon you now. Receive, receive in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated quickly. 2 Timothy 2.2. Paul said to Timothy, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You see, part of you studying about healing is Allowing yourself to be taught by others. Let me tell you something. If you're not sure about what somebody is teaching, look at their life. Look at their life. If somebody is teaching you about marriage, look at their life. Look at their marriage. If somebody is teaching you about healing, look at their life. Look at their anointing. If somebody is teaching you about faith, look at their life. So the reason why I'm saying this is because at times believers, we, we need to be wiser. Sometimes somebody is talking to you who is obviously an authority. You don't know, and they know, and they're telling you, and you're telling them why they are wrong and why you are right. How does that make sense? It's like my, 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 at times my son, my son, Joel, will tell me that I am wrong. When I am correcting him on something, he tells me, No, it's, not, it's like this. I know he's just lied to me. I said, son, you did. He said, I did not lie. I did not lie. Not, but you were lying. No, I did not lie. Son, you took that thing. I did not take it. But you've got some of it in your mouth. It's not there. <laughs> <laughs> hey. But the good thing about the healing anointing is that as we learn about faith, as we learn about it, our faith increases. And as our faith increases, it begins to work. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Quickly, and the last two dynamics, I just want to touch on them. Um, Submission to authority is another important variable if we want to develop in healing ministry. Now it's not essential to be honest with you. You can be a rebel and still operate in the in the healing anointing. That's the truth. You can you can be rebellious, do it as the way you want, and you will still have a measure of grace, but you'll be exposed to the demonic. The recognition and submission to authority is a vital path in developing any kind of ministry. Because every anointing we exhibit is an expression of some form of authority. So if you want to increase in authority, you have to be under authority. If you want to increase in authority, you have to be under authority. So for instance, if I want to grow in authority, I cannot consciously be breaking the laws of the land. Are you listening to me? Like watching television when I don't a BBC when I don't have license. That is breaking authority. Like breaking the speed limit with intention. Look at the way you are looking at me. That is another form of dishonoring authority. I know these godly people in this church, such things you've way past your your expression. You've moved on from time. But listen, there is an authority in the land. And we have to recognize the authority of the land. Amen. Look at how you're looking at me. Submission to authority is important. So even as a husband, if I want my wife to honor my authority, then I have to submit to her authority. See, how does that work? Go and read your Bible. Submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. Wives, submit to your own husbands. We submit to each other first, and from that context, she submits to me. And I exercise authority in the home. How? By my example of humility and submission. That is how I show I have authority, by example, not by command. Never by command. Hey, Aisha's going to use this one. In Luke chapter 2, even our Lord Jesus submitted to authority. Verse 51 and 52. He says, Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them or submitted to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. How did he do this? From a place of submission. He could only increase as he submitted. That's how it works. That's how it works. If you want to have authority, you have to be under authority. When Jesus was facing the centurion, the centurion came to him and said to him, Lord, my servant is ill. Speak the word and he'll be whole. This Jesus, I'll come and hear The centurion said, No, you don't need to come. Only speak the word because you see, I am a man under authority. And I say to one, come, and he comes. And I say to another, go, and he goes. And I recognize, that's what he was inferring, that you also, Jesus, you are a man under authority. And because you're a man under authority, your father's authority, when you say something, it is so. So just speak the word, and it will be so. I am believing that we will come to this place of authority in Jesus' name. And last but not least, serving an anointed ministry is also another important dynamic. In developing your anointing. Now, again, in our pluralistic Western culture, a secular context, this is an anathema. This is like, you must be mad. Serving, I ain't serving no one. But here's the thing. You discover Elijah and Elisha. When Elijah was about to be taken, I'll just read the the verse you have in your notes is wrong. It should be 2 Kings 2. 9 and 10, 2 Kings 2, 9 and 10. When Elijah was about to be taken, Elisha had followed Elijah for many years, 10 years actually. And there were many prophets before Elisha that Elisha came to me, but none of them served Elijah like Elisha. So when it was time for Elijah to be taken, Elijah went on this trek, and then Elisha followed them all through. Then it came to a point, Elijah said to Elisha in verse 9, when they had crossed over that, Elijah said to Elisha, ask what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elisha said, please let, me, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. You see, at times people have asked me, Pastor Joe, can I have some of your anointing? Can you lay your hands? and impart your anointing, you think it comes cheap. You, 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 you think you can carry this in your spirit, all the porn you watch and all of that, you think you can carry this with it? You can't carry this with it, it will kill you, I'm telling you. You think you can carry this with all the other things you do, you can just open your mouth and insult people, Stop it, idiotic fool, and you think you can carry this with it? You cannot. Listen, I have visitations at times at night. I have demonic visitations that come. They don't even, it doesn't even bother me. That come. They come. Sometimes I can, anyway, we won't go there. But those things don't even bother me. I don't even bother with them. You think you can carry this? We may, all jokes aside, we know what we carry. Elijah said, You have asked a hard thing, you have no idea what you're asking. However, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. If you see me, in other words, you have to remain constant. That's the point. And let me tell you something. All of you, God has people in your life. God has people in your life, and it's not me. God has people in your life that you must submit to. It begins in your home, in your workplace. And in the church and certain relations. And as you do so, it increases the grace that God will allow you to have. And if you want to operate the way God has called you to operate, then you have to be willing to pay a price. Amen? Amen. We're going to pray. So these are the things that are important if you want to develop the healing anointing that is already in your life. There is one area that I want us to pray into. I feel strongly to encourage us as a church to devote ourselves to prayer. Even though we are praying as a church a lot more than we've ever prayed, in my spirit, I am very conscious that most people in their secret prayer life are really struggling. And so I want to to pray into this area with you. So if you are saying to the Lord, that you want to rededicate yourself to him in the area of prayer where you want to begin to really focus on growing in prayer and really consecrate yourself in this area. Why don't you stand right now? I want to pray into this area because I am very conscious in my spirit that this is something that we have to press into. As a pastor, I have a lot more control on my time because I work full-time in the ministry than most of you do. So it is easier for me to give three hours or more to prayer in a day than a lot of you. But for some of you, it might be half an hour, it might be one hour, it might be 40 minutes, whatever. You need to really dedicate yourself to be devoted in this area. So why don't you raise your hands to the Lord, just be soft please. Raise your hands to the Lord and just re-consecrate yourself to him. And tell him, Lord, I want to commit myself to you in prayer. Because in my view This is so crucial To growing Those of you online I want to encourage you to do the same Devote yourself to prayer And so Father As these ones are standing right now I ask for your grace To come upon them I ask for a fresh anointing To pray To come upon them I speak to The demonic challenges that wants to harass these ones and I rebuke in Jesus name and I say to those spirits leave them alone in Jesus name and father I ask for the heavens to open over this church you said your house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations I am asking that this church will be a house of prayer for you and for the nations that lord as we consecrate ourselves in secret The spirit of prayer, of supplication, of intercession will increase upon us as a church. In the mighty name of Jesus, upon those hearing me online and those hearing the sound of my voice through recording. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The Lord bless you. You may take your seats. Quickly before we change the order of service. Like I said, from tomorrow is a month of prayer and fasting. Now we have been very Specific and intentional about what we want to do. We believe that as a church we are here. One of our main reasons apart from glorifying God is to see people saved and born into his kingdom. When one soul gets saved heaven is rejoicing. This month we are fasting and praying because at the end of this month Every week for 10 weeks, we are going to be having what we call an alpha course. We're going to take this whole auditorium to be teaching people and training people about God's kingdom, about what the Christian faith is all about. And we want us as a church to be inviting people to come. So we're going to be teaching. I'm going to be teaching and different ones in the church are going to be teaching as well. And uh, we'll be inviting people to come. Um, um, We want to be inviting our friends, our family members and so forth to come. But we want them to come and be saved. Are you listening? But let me tell you, if they're going to be saved, they have to be set free through prayer and fasting. So this fasting and prayer is specifically for souls to be saved, our loved ones to be saved. Now, by the end of the Alpha Course, we want to baptize a minimum of 50 people. You may say to me, why put a number? That's what I feel in my spirit that we should go for as a church. Until we break that ceiling, we ain't pushing. We want to baptize. Not see 50 people give their life to Christ. We want to put 50 people in the water and bring them back up again. Amen. We don't want to drown them. We want them to be baptized. So, we want to fast every day. Now, I realize that not all of us can fast every day. You can fast on a Monday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday, Thursday. You can miss a meal, miss two meals, miss all the meals that you have every day how many have more than three meals a day you're not even gonna admit it okay well, Yes. listen sometimes it's good to have more than three but anyway let's move on quickly so we want to we want to be fasting every day so what we want to do is with every head bowed and every eye closed we want you to commit to day a day or days you can do every day if you want you can do it the way you want to do it you can miss a meal But we want to be joined together as a church to be fasting every day. Now, we're going to do this um, uh, today and uh, next week, and we're going to keep doing it um, until the end of May. So why don't we just bow our heads, and I'm just going to go through the days. And if you want to be committed to that, the days that I call out, I want you to raise your hands and uh, and, uh, say that's the day you're going to be fasting. So if you want to um, be fasting on Mondays, raise your hand, please. God bless you. Tuesdays, God bless you. Please, every head bowed, every eye closed, please. Tuesdays. Wednesdays. Thursdays, thank you. Fridays, thank you. Saturdays, it's always a struggle on Saturdays. There's something that happens there. And Sundays, yeah, all right, amen. Thank you, God bless you. All right, that's the first thing. The second thing is, you may be aware, how many of you are aware that the church prays at 5 o'clock every morning? Okay, not all of you are aware of that. Well, it it does. The church prays 5 o'clock every morning, but it happens online. Say online. Online. That means you can do it from your house. And I tell you, it has been amazing. I have been surprised. But how many of you also know that the church prays every evening from 9 till 10? Wonderful. Again, not all of you, but it happens every evening. So we want to encourage you, especially on the days that you are fasting, to try, if you can, to log in to pray. Now, you don't have to only do it on those days you can. But we are also going to add another dimension. Say amen. Amen. Where we are going to be praying from 12.30 in the afternoon to 1 o'clock. Just half an hour. Now, I realize that a lot of you, because of work, you won't be able to do another commitment. But if you can, log in, then that would be great. For half an hour every day. And this prayer is specific for the salvation of the lost and church growth. Specific for the salvation of the lost in church. So that segment of half hour, what we are focusing on is souls being saved, as the church growing, people being baptized in the Holy Spirit coming to faith. That's all. We're not praying. This this segment, we're not praying about uh, uh, Donald Trump. We're not praying even in the church. We're not even praying that you get your breakthroughs in um, your business. Those are the other days. It's just... Church growth and salvation. Amen. So, if you can't log in, but you want to pray for that half an hour, um, whatever day you can, then please, uh, whatever time you can join the day, then please do so. Amen? Amen. Amen. Why don't we just consecrate what we've done before the Lord right now? So, as we have committed ourselves to the Lord in this, I want us to stand. If you have done so in some way, I want you to stand and uh, we're going to just consecrate ourselves to the Lord. Please stand if where you've committed to fast every day or a day or to be praying with the church and so forth. Stand because we want to consecrate ourselves to the Lord in this regard. Lift up your hands, please. Father, in the name of Jesus, we consecrate these efforts that we are making to you. Can you agree with me, please? We ask for your grace. We ask for your strength. We ask for your anointing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. You may take your seats. We're going to receive our offering. Sandra, I want you to get ready uh, because of time.